Welcome to Forest View's Holy Week podcast. Throughout this Holy Week, we are walking with Jesus through his final days as he journeys to the cross. Each day this week, we will release a special resource that will include a guided prayer, some time for silence, a scripture reading from the Gospel of Mark, and some thoughts for reflection. Thanks for joining us this Wednesday. Let's start with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence and that you invite us to know you. Open our eyes that we would see you. Open our ears that we would hear you. Open our hearts that we would respond to what you have for us today. Give us an awareness of your presence that we might grow closer to you with each passing moment. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's take a few minutes for silence. In the midst of the noise of the day, I invite you to open yourself up to God. What is he saying to you today? Are you holding on to something you need to release to him? Is there a fear or a burden that you need to invite him to carry? In the silence, I invite you to share your burdens and fears with God and receive what he has for you today. Mark 14, verses 1 to 11. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. 
They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. I love a good twist ending to a movie. Now I'm not talking about the ones that don't make any sense and feel like they were just randomly added to the end to throw off the audience. Those are just annoying. I'm talking about the brilliant twist endings. The ones where you can tell the whole movie was carefully thought out. The ones that you never saw coming, but once the reveal happens, you completely think about the whole movie in a different way. Reading our passage today is kind of like rewatching a movie with a great twist ending. There are things that, on first reading, seem insignificant. But when you know what's going to happen later on, suddenly you begin to see this specific story in a whole new light. Jesus is reclining at the home of Simon the leper. At some point in his time there, a woman comes in. She's not part of the group, so we might say she crashes the party. And we are told that she brings with her an alabaster jar of perfume, which she breaks and pours out on Jesus' head. We are told that this perfume was very expensive, so this act is one of incredible adoration and generosity. The people present in the room immediately protest her actions. What a waste, they say. Some go so far as to make it an ethical issue. That money should be given to the poor. But Jesus sees her actions differently. He doesn't see them as a waste. Instead, he calls them beautiful. He's honored by them. He doesn't see them as misguided. In fact, he points out that they are far more in line with what his mission and ministry is about than anyone in the room could know. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he is trying to help his followers see that he is the Messiah, the one through whom God was going to bring about his salvation and reign in the world. But the greatest challenge Jesus faces with his disciples is not in convincing them that he is the Messiah. Rather, it's helping them see that he is a different type of Messiah altogether one that will bring about God's reign and salvation, not through violence, but through sacrificial love. They have a picture of a Messiah who will conquer their enemies through bloodshed, a Messiah who will triumph over their enemies and sit on a throne establishing God's rule. And in a way, they are right. He will conquer over the enemy through bloodshed, but the twist is the blood that will be shed will be his own. He will triumph over the enemy, but his victory will come not by triumphantly sitting on the throne, but in graciously giving himself over to be hoisted up on the cross. So in this moment, in Simon's home, Jesus tries to get his disciples to see that this act of pouring up perfume isn't a waste. Instead, it's perfectly appropriate because he will soon be crucified on the cross. Notice his description of what they have just witnessed this woman do. He says, she poured perfume on my body to prepare for my burial. Jesus ties her actions to the cross and death he will be experiencing in just a few days. And so this woman's actions are seen as beautiful because whether she knew it or not, she was honoring Jesus' journey to the cross. Despite us being familiar with the twist that is coming, knowing Jesus will be crucified on the cross, it's easy for us to lose sight of the significance of this moment.
Like the disciples, we have a hard time accepting a Messiah whose kingdom is established through the cross. For Jesus, the cross isn't an unfortunate hiccup in the plan to establish God's kingdom. It is the kingdom, one established through the sacrificial love and obedience we see in Jesus. And as we remember the actions of this woman, we are asked a difficult but important couple questions. What does it look like for me today to pour adoration and gratitude to the crucified King Jesus? And in what ways do I celebrate the cross, but not the sacrificial love, live day in and day out that drove Jesus to the cross? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we can often get caught up in our own kingdom, one of wealth, security, and comfort. Help us to see you as the king that you are, the king that we actually need. Would you give us eyes to see you, that we would respond in adoration and generosity, knowing that you have given us what we could never take for ourselves. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.